She's she's a real peach. No, peaches is on Tuesday night. It is. That's my Tuesday. That's um, my Tuesday. Glad you like to walk in joke. All right, episode one sixty three. Should we hop in this? Let's do this, motherfucker. Right. Clap it off. Clap it off. Warm it up. Warm it up. Yeah, bitch. You like that? Take it. One, two, three. Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome and brand new sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 163 for your eardrums. Guys, do some favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandon, and with me, as always, April showers bring map flowers. Most awesome. Ooh, that's right, baby. We're doing a little bit of yard work, too. Poignant. And we had map showers. Oh, yeah, map showers. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Uh, yeah, it's raining here a little bit, and I was like, what I'm going to poke here, I've really kind of, since I switched that phrase to your introduction, really just kind of get in the bottom of the barrel here. Here, so just, switch just, it just scraping it but that's all right though they're they're still good though i like them <laughs> yeah this one has nothing to do with you i'm just like yeah april showers bring me flowers put it right in there switch it to mab perfect easy easy peasy uh how you doing man how's your how's your weekend what up good good chock full of mab league games we'll get into that later but um but yeah it's good you know just doing some stuff around the house did did the uh had daddy solo time on saturday Went with craft right. projects because it was raining. Didn't know what to okay. do. I, I threw out the baking. Mm-hmm. Let's bake some desserts, some cookies. I thought that that was going to be a home run. Quick trip to the store, get something. Commissette zagged on me. Not feeling that it. She goes, no. She goes, we have too many, too much candy already, Daddy, from Easter. Wow. Let's, and I was like, all right, well, you want to do a project then? So we went to Hobby Lobby, scooped up some T-shirts, iron-ons, and felt pens. Make home, Homemade cut some teas, baby. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Put them up. That's a good hang. I like also, because you got to kind of lean into that. Like, that's almost like um, MA, MA Parenting, but it's like, if the kids are coming to you being like, we got too much sweets, we're chock full yeah. of sweets. Like, you kind of, you got to take that lead and be like, all right, I like where your head's at, 100%. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, all right. I'll take that win, that easy win. Let's make old Brandana a little t-shirt, mail it to him. Well, next shower. <laughs> Guys, we've got a jam-packed episode 163. We're doing Rip from the Headlines NFL Draft 2021 preview. Gonna uh-uh. hit that inbox for a couple of emails. Gonna jump into the new favorite segment, Sweeping the Nation. You hear about this? You hear about Yahoo this? Headlines slash How Old We Be. Uh, then we're gonna do the Mad League update. That's right, we're in our finals. Got an announcement there. A couple game threes coming up for you guys. Gonna do the Neapolitan Showdown. Top teams to never win a championship. We're going to finish with the Brandana Gambling Corner. Finally get to those NBA MVP odds. I don't care if we literally have gone three hours straight. We'll, we'll be doing the Brandana Gambling Corner with these odds, this pod. You start doing it like a fourth time, doesn't show up. It just gets embarrassing. And we're going to finish as we always do with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're our power. It starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. From the headlines, NFL Draft 2021 preview. Why are we talking about that this week, brother? Uh, we're talking about that because we are just, we're, we're closing in on here for the draft. 
and there's some been some moving, some shaking, some players have been bounced around. So why not uh, why not get a little NFL talk in between, you know, March Madness and not NBA Finals yet? Let's talk about it. Yes, let's just kind of jam it and sneak it in there, edgewise. Um, yes, we're looking. This isn't our big. Uh, you did it last year. It was we did hit. it last year. Not not we me. Did. We we did it a hit. So we will um, do that again. But right now we're just kind of looking at what the landscape is. There's been some changes. Right now the uh, the picks. I'm uh, just kind of sitting at the top. Give you the top eleven real fast because there have been some trades. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars at one. Jets at two. 49ers at three, Falcons at four, Bengals at five, Dolphins at six, Detroit at seven, Carolina at eight, Denver at nine, Dallas at 10, Giants at 11. Uh, okay, so what are some of these changes that we've seen so far, like the, the shake ups in this draft order? Sure. First, we'll go to, well, I mean, in terms of the draft orders, we'll, we'll go with the, the 49ers first because they and the Dolphins, the Dolphins had number three and number six, the dolphins traded out at number three um, and gave up a, 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 a King's ransom or the 49ers gave up a King's ransom to move up to the number three spot. They were sitting at 12. They gave up their 12th in 2021. Uh, their first, uh, whatever pick that is going to be their first pick in 2022, their third round 2022, which was compensation, for the new um, minority hire, right? If you have a minority hire from your roster or from your coaching staff hired as a head coach, you get compensation. Robert Salee uh, was had signed up with the, or became the head coach of the Giants. They got the third round compensation for that. So they're sending that over to Miami as well as then the big one, their first overall pick in 2023. So basically their next first three, first round picks right they've given up to go move up to number three a big thing so it's like who are the 49ers targeting to give up that much for who do they love and we'll get into it more uh later on and then the other big trade the jets uh they didn't give up their number two pick but they did give up on sam darnold they sent him packing over to carolina Carolina gives up a sixth round pick in 2021 and a second and fourth pick in 2022. Okay. So, uh, so let's answer, as we say, guys, also, as we get closer to the draft um, next coming up episodes, we will kind of do where all the players are leaning. We'll obviously have to touch on some of that. Now, as we talk about the preview, which I wanted to give me real fast, especially for those people that don't like, uh, don't watch college football. Like I don't really, what are we looking at? Is this a three quarterback draft class? Obviously we've got Trevor Lawrence head and shoulders above everybody else. I think everybody would see that. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then what's our next tier? Like, do we have like two good quarterbacks sitting there? Three good quarterbacks. I mean, San Francisco is obviously moving on from Garoppolo. Yeah, Yeah, it could be right. It could be. Um, that's what everyone seems to think it is. It's interesting because the first two teams are definitely taking quarterbacks now that the Jets have moved to Darnell. So it's interesting that they give up that much bounty for essentially what everyone is thinking is the, you know, the third quarterback in the draft. So Trevor Lawrence, number one, he's in his own kind of echelon. Then the next kind of player up who's really been sneaky, I I I haven't thought of him as a the next quarterback in line or even on the same tier as Trevor Lawrence, but everyone seems to really like Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson out of BYU. 
big, strong arm, impressed at his pro day. He's athletic, a little bit on the smaller side, but athletic, can move around the pocket and put up gaudy stats in last year's season at BYU. Then you have uh, Justin Fields, who played for Ohio. You fell at the rest, um, put up some good production after transferring early uh, in his freshman year from Georgia. Super athletic, played really well for the Ohio team. Uh, and 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 played well against Clemson in the in the college football playoffs. Uh, made some big throws, showed some great athleticism. And then this is where it kind of gets a little bit murky, right? So I'd say Wilson and Fields are in that kind of next echelon underneath Trevor Lawrence. But then we have um, Trey Lance, North Dakota State Division One AA football. Uh, same same place that produced uh, Easton Stick, who was drafted by the Chargers, and obviously Carson Wentz, who has now moved on to the Colts. They've developed this guy, Trey Lance, who's a great athlete, big, strong guy, played in a pretty, you know, um, run-oriented offense at North, North Dakota State, had a great junior year. This year with COVID, North Dakota State only played one game, um, but in his in his second year at North Dakota state didn't throw an interception the entire season. I was like 29 and Oh TDs to INTs. Uh, I think career average is like 42 to one TD to INT interception rate. Uh, but again, it's playing against one double a, you know, division one uh, uh, athlete. So it's like, you kind of have a little bit of an asterisk next to those stats. And then everybody was talking about Mac Jones, who's kind of rocketed up the, the draft boards. Mac Jones plays for Alabama, had a great um, season in Alabama, but was really supported by a bunch of first round, you know, talent in, you know, on the offensive line, Alex, whether Leatherwood first or second round pick uh, you've got, you know, the returning or the Heisman winner, uh, Devonte Smith, Jalen Waddle, who's going to be a, a, a top 10, 15 pick in this upcoming draft as well, too. Um, they were surrounded with a ton of and, uh, Najee Harris, who's going to be a first round draft pick as a running back, probably, probably the first running back off the board. So you have all this great talent. So is it, you know, chicken or the egg is Mac Jones, the guy that can carry your franchise or was he have a great supporting cast and his stats look pretty, pretty wild in comparison. Yeah, it's crazy to put yourself in that position, too, because, I mean, the 49ers definitely going for a quarterback, so definitely moving on for Garoppolo, but to not even – it's kind of like you're taking whatever's left to you, right? I mean, unless yes. unless they're obsessed with, like, Mac Jones, unless it's one of these guys that they know they want, because, I, I mean, I don't really see Mac Jones go – Can you could Mac Jones get the two spot to the Jets? No, I don't think so. So that's the thing is, is that I think that they, they see it as obviously Trevor Lawrence won to the Jags yeah. and from, it sounds like Zach Wilson, number two to the jets. And there's been a lot of rumors that, that the San Francisco 49ers love Mac Jones, which I don't get. I don't understand <laughs> it. Which they lose me there. Um, well, the 49ers slipping back into incompetence wouldn't be the most shocking thing that we saw. Yeah. In the world. Uh, so what are, what's going on with with Philadelphia? It really looks so they trade six and one fifty six. It looks like the Dolphins give up on their first round, but then they end up uh, trading for the Eagles' sixth pick, which means the Dolphins still want to be on there. But I'm getting a vibe definitely from the Eagles, giving you know the Eagles trading down to the twelfth spot in this first round that they're just gonna they're gonna run their offense with Jalen Hurst. 
what's this vibe that you're getting from the Dolphins? Like them trading down these, you know, uh, trading down from the three to the six, kind of trading down and getting back in there. Uh, are, are they still sticking with um, their guy? Who's, who's their guy? Tua. Tua. Tua, yeah. Are yep. they sticking with – they're going to stick with Tua, who is kind of unimpressive, but it's also like the first year, or are they they still want to kind of be in the area of maybe like another quarterback falling to them? Well, I think, yeah, I think that they were kind of, I mean, and this is a whole nother subject, but what, what's going on with Deshaun Watson kind of blew up their game plan. If they were going to be a landing spot for Deshaun Watson, that yeah. took him out of it. And I think, you know, Tua is showed flashes in the regular season. Uh, they, they moved on from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, so they're going to give the keys to him and, and, and rightfully so. I mean, I think he's played well enough. You know, uh, I think what they're really looking for is, you know, the best offensive weapon available to them because you know if if one two three four all go quarterback you're really looking at the Bengals and the Bengals could go offensive line or you know some sort of weapon they could be looking at either Jamar Chase who's the number one rated wide receiver who sat out last year from LSU but had a great uh you know uh, uh sophomore season uh, when he put up all sorts of gaudy stats with Joe Burrow at LSU the year that they won the national championship. Or the Bengals could go offensive line. I've obviously want to protect their their golden boy Joe Burrow. And Penny Sewell out of Oregon is the top-rated offensive tackle, left tackle out of it. So they're looking, we could either pick Jamar Chase or everybody is falling in love with this kid, Kyle Pitts, this hybrid tight end who ran a four, four, six at his pro day, uh, unbelievable hands, great red zone threat gives the dolphins, uh, um, a seam guy over the middle, uh, with a good young core of wide receivers would be a very interesting fit offensively and give two of some options. Uh, you know, you, you know, you kind of looking at the model of what, you know, these teams are going as is trying to get a dominant tight end. Uh, in the you know Travis Kelsey mold, the the uh, George Kittle mold, giving yeah. these guys you know some uh, a, a bailout over the middle, and Pitts would fit that mold. Plus, you could you could flex him out, right? You could put him outside, and he'd be a mismatch against smaller DBs uh, in the red zone. So it's a it's an interesting fix. And either way, if you're the Dolphins, Jamar Chase or Pitts, uh, you know, it's pretty good options to have at six. That's good. Yeah. And honestly, like just kind of looking at this, like unless, yeah, it just, it kind of gets a vibe that that three spots kind of a shitty spot to be unless like you're really kind of in love with some guy, which um, you're forecasting that might be the case with, uh, with 49ers, which makes sense for the Dolphins to be like, you know, it's such a high spot. If you don't have a game plan for it, like might as well just trade down and let like whatever occurs and kind of falls to you and get like a little bit of draft capital. Okay. Like uh, last year was a good example of, you know, it seems like every year the draft's kind of heavy in some area last year, a lot of talented wide receivers go the first round. What are we looking at this year? We O-line heavy. We got some D backs, some D backs to like uh, keep an eye on. Like what's, what's outside of the quarterback realm. Where's another spot where a lot of talents kind of coming out that we can see getting off the board in the first round. Oh yeah, I mean the. I think you nailed it early. The wide receiver spot, right? You've got uh, Jamar oh, Chase. So like last year, we're running that back. Oh like yeah, another. yeah, I definitely think so. Jamar Chase, who sat out last year, uh, Waddle, who had an ankle injury at Alabama, but was great on the field. The uh, Devonte Smith, who dominated in um, 
the regular season and in the playoffs was unbelievable. Little slight frame. Uh, and I said it, I think on, I think we talked about it when he's very much Devonte Smith is in that like Marvin Harrison mold, a hundred percent. Look at Ma- Marvin Harrison and his body type and what he did for the Colts. It, it's, he looks a lot like Devonte Smith. So I know a lot of people talk about, you know, his ability to, you know, hold up to, um, you know, yeah, the physicality of the game. Look at Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison was a smart elite route runner, uh, and that's exactly what Devontae Smith is. Um, you've got Kadaris Tony, uh, also from Florida, uh, Rayshon Bateman, uh, from Minnesota, and you've got oh, uh, I love a Rondell Moore out of um, out of Purdue. He's a little, he's probably not going to go in the first round, but he's kind of like this, like smallish, you know, that five, eight, five, nine kind of, I can put him in all sorts of different positions, slot guy who's just like West Welkerist, but with like explosion. Um, this is a deep wide receiver class and, you know, it's just more offensive weapons coming in there for sure. Defensive back, pretty good as well, too. I'd say the thinnest area in this, Brandana, if you're going to ask, is probably interior defensive line. There isn't just one, you know, Christian Barmore is probably the number one interior D lineman off the board, um, but there's a lot of mixed reviews on him. He's out of Alabama, um, so he's kind of, you know, not sure what we're looking at with him, um, you know, going forward, but that's that's my kind of positional breakdown for you there, B. Thanks, brother. Um, okay, kind of like the last question, because I'm really like trying to not step on the spoilers of you revealing your big board, which we will do, and we will get into uh, either next episode or the following one. We'll see. Oh, I just make a decision. Yeah. We'll do the next episode. There yeah. you go. Boom. Yeah, just a little teaser. Whatever you want. Mark it up. Um, real fast, just kind of looking at this draft order and knowing the players you know, give us a little tease. What team are you kind of afraid of? What teams when the music stops going to like try to sit down and the chair is not going to be there. They're kind of like mismanage this. I know you talked a little bit about the dolphins, uh, obviously things outside of their control that we'll, that we won't dive into, but they had a plan. It doesn't look like that game plan is going to play out, but you know, is it somebody like, like the Patriots who, you know, put Cam Newton on another one year deal that are trying to like feel like they're kind of figuring it out on the fly. Like, who's needs to fix their team with the draft that you just don't feel confident where their spot is or the way they historically draft will be able to do it in this 2021 draft. Yeah. I think Atlanta is an interesting spot because they're kind of in no man's land. Right. I would have expected them to make some sort of de- decision and they're, they got, you know, leapfrogged by uh, uh, San Francisco. So if they were hoping for like Justin Fields, to fall to them um it's probably not going to happen right or if they were hoping for you know mac jones it's not going to happen to them so what are they doing we're old julio jones is old matt ryan's old we made a lot of investment in the offensive line so there's not really a great individual defense you know defense has been horrible for them so there's no there's no defensive player worth their salt at four so we've seen a bunch of guys kind of leapfrog them what are we doing here in atlanta plus we got a lot of cap space issues that we need to kind of figure out as well too what are we doing why haven't we moved on and made it you know kind of like the jets made a a declarative statement it's like look we're done with uh sam darnold so let's move on from him and let's start fresh we got a new head coach let's move on 
where is this with the Falcons? I think it's a real missed opportunity. Either they could have moved up, try to, to move up and, and trade out of it and, 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 and start over or, or not, but they're just kind of in this no man lands of like, well, we could go for a quarterback, but now we're going to get like the fourth quarterback potentially, unless yes, you really love Trey Lance. Yeah, it's a purgatory that teams get stuck in, right? Because we've seen this from, you know, Atlanta. Like, yeah. you say that this is a heavy, like, healthy, like, wide receiver class. They ain't going to help them. Like, they get, they have weight, right? Weight, great wide receivers, you know, like, right. Roddy White. I mean, they squandering away, like, Julio Jones Prime. They got, uh, who's the, who's the second guy now? Ridley, yeah. Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Calvin yeah. Ridley. He's coming up. Obviously, that's, that's not the soul. I mean, we said this, they're cursed, they're broken. Like, it's kind <laughs> of. Uh, and like they're accepting this purgatory state of keeping because I don't think uh, if you're a fan of the Falcons, if you're an owner of the Falcons, would you really believe Matt Ryan can win you a Super Bowl? No, no. Why would you? You just, don't, you just don't like you saw how close it got. And then like you just and he's not he's not on his way up. Like if you think he's plateaued and that plateau is something that you're always going to lose two to three more games than everyone projects you winning because there's just something dysfunctional about you guys. And that's, and that's the thing is, it's like, I'd love them to move up. Like if you're a Falcons fan and I know we run deep in, in, in hot Atlanta. So I know this pod goes hard in hot Atlanta. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Falcons corner time. We've, Falcons we've corner time. A little bit. But if you're, if you're a fan and now you just got leapfrogged and you know, kind of they're all in the jets are all in on Zach Wilson or whatever the next best quarterback off the board is, which would be Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. They're all in like, why weren't you fighting with, Miami and even Jets before they traded Darnold to make a move up there to give some sort of godfather offer to get up there so you can control your fate because now where you're sitting at is is at four I'm not going to pick an O-line I'm not going to pick a wide receiver maybe I'll pick Kyle Pitts another weapon to go with it but I'm just putting him with uh, devalued assets and Julio Jones, which is going the wrong direction of his career and Matt Ryan, which is going the wrong direction. So then it's like, all right, so now we take a quarterback. So we're going to take Trey Lance or maybe Justin Fields, if he falls to us there. And now we've got to like watch the rotten fruit of Matt Ryan kind of spoil out before we can move on for him and waste two years of a rookie deal on the quarterback of the future for us. When it's like, well, fuck, what, like, where are we go? What are we gonna? What does this team look like for two years? Yeah, I'm gonna export just this part of the podcast, and I'm gonna play it every Sunday morning right before I bet on my NFL games, just to not get caught in that fucking trap of bet on the Falcons. <laughs> Gotta get out of that. I really like uh, this. Will be the last season before you get the big board. Just looking at this, the last idea I had. Uh, you're getting me excited about this Pitts guy, just the way you kind of describe like what kind of weapon. Yeah. Let's throw him on the Bengals, buddy. How fun does that sound? Oh, it does. It does. So now this, this is an interesting thing. There's, I'm glad you brought this. There's a meme that's floating around where it's like, and because they were talking with Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, exactly the same thing. It was like, I mean, where, you know, Joe Burrow, like they had, they, you know, they drafted Penny Sewell, the offensive lineman. And then they had like a blanket, you know, nobody wide receiver just said anybody on it. And Joe Burrow just zipping it in. <laughs> and then they said, Bengals draft Jamar Chase. You could look in Kyle Pitts, and it's like uh, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts wide open, Joe Burrow in a hump of <laughs> like fucking mess, and the ball just like floated like two feet away because he got crushed by the the defensive line bearing down on him. Yeah. So, Bengals fans, if you're out there, this is the quandary of this draft: Do we go O line and protect us, or do we give him 
a weapon? Do we give him a weapon? And I, I love Pitts on this idea, but what's the plan? If you draft Pitts or Chase to keep Burrow upright, because he got abused last year. Yeah, he got knocked out. I mean, that's a legit concern. That's hilarious. Yeah. You could have like Jerry Rice lined up on one side, Terrell Owens lined up on the <laughs> other. <laughs> if you just like immediately get sacked, it don't matter. Right. It's very little giants esque, right? Where you just got everyone just barreling down on you and you're just, oh, you get your head taken off. Oh, little giants rep. Oh, that's old school. I'm pulling deep. I go deep in my map references. I love it. Um, all right, brother, let's jump into the inbox. Guys, soon next week when we'll do, uh, we'll break down our big board on where we see these guys landing. Be a lot of fun. Uh, do your research too, audience. Come prepared. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll get you prepared. You only need us. All right, hit the inbox. Email of the year. Um, when do we give email of the year? Do we give that just at the end of the year, I guess? Uh, well, we've just kind of rolled it over because we've gone on for sure. two years at this point. Yeah, yeah same way. Get <laughs> email of the years. Years um, the plural. We've never, we've never given any, any, uh, like superlatives afterwards. No, like, you know, best hair of the pod or anything like that. Uh, all right. Bing, Bing, shoot us one. we got a couple here. Let's read Bing's first. Um, what's the greatest sandwich you've ever had where you get it. And what was it? Hmm. This is a no brainer on my part. You're also, you're kind of famous, uh, at least in a friend circle, uh, for you enjoy a good sandwich. For I sure. do enjoy. I do enjoy <laughs> I love them all equally, so it's going to be very hard. Um, mine is, I think you know mine, actually. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Can you guess my sandwich? <sighs> is it from the Earl of Sandwich? It is from the Earl of Sandwich, buddy. Yes, I don't know. Do you like the, you like the Italian, right? Is there like an Italian one? Um, there's Italian. That's usually a good guess like anywhere else, but um, I just hit their regular, um, their club. The Earl's Club, turkey, bacon, Swiss, lettuce, Roma tomato and sandwich sauce. And you know me, I hate mayonnaise, hate Thousand Island, hate anything sour, milk tasting based. But the sandwich sauce, I think it was like drunk in Vegas and accidentally forgot to ask for it without it. Green light, bring it, put it on each sandwich. So great. Oh, man, they snuck one past you? They did. They did. I was asleep at the wheel. I was walking zombie mode. That's what fucking 14 IPAs will do. But I was like, bring it. Had to get it so quick. One just mowed it down yeah see this is what happens this is when you like open up your palate bay <laughs> yeah it's when you learn new things about yourself when you're 14 ipas deep uh, all right but it is uh is your is tubby's that's a sandwich spot right tubby's is oh that's great yes tubby's is great tubby's is very good it's a it's a hoagie shop in detroit yeah they got the the, the pizza one it was fucking great oh the yeah pizza hoga, unbelievable but yeah you can't go like just standard philly cheesesteak all day or mm-hmm. er, day mm-hmm. um but I'm a big fan of Jimmy John's and I know it's a chain who gives a fuck, but it's great. And I love Jersey, Jersey Mike's Jersey Mike's very good sandwiches. Well, here's, yeah, here's, that's good. Jersey Mike's is okay. So what are we getting from? Give me your Jimmy John's order real fast. And then give me your jizz. Well, I, what's great about Jersey's Mike's is Mike's way, which is, I love their vegetables. Like they throw the onions on there, but Mike's ways you're used to mayonnaise kind of being the basis for a lot of places. Yeah. Uh, Which that didn't rhyme. Always awkward. And things rhyme. You don't expect to, but uh, Jersey Mike's their base is they do the uh the oil and vinegar. vinegar. Yes. And 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 you can ask for mayo. Yes. I like I like a I like a club, beautiful club. You get a little bit of bacon on there too. It's nice. Oh, yeah. And they do they do the really nice like pepper relish at Jersey Mike's. So mm-hmm. give me like the standard club. Yeah. I love the different meats. Any place where you're shaving meat in front of me, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm fucking in. 
<laughs> Man, I like to see the process. I like to be a part of the sandwich race. Like the, the as close as square one at making the sandwich, if I can watch, you know, yes. the bread being baked, if I can watch, you know, the pig going to slaughter, like put me in on there. Like you right. can't get me involved too early on eating the sandwich. Making when they go from the cooler and they pull that slab of like squared off turkey, whatever that is, <laughs> yeah. I'm in and they slunk it in there. Now, here's the I, thing. The one thing I don't like about Jersey Mike's is I got a militant guy that shaves my sandwiches at Jersey Mike's. He puts the bread on the scale and then weighs it out because they got to hit like a, you know, their franchisee, he's tight with it, right? So I got to... Yeah. But you always like, if you're being stingy stingy, you're trying to keep it tight, I get it. Run your franchise. You got margin. Restaurant margins. Notoriously not fat margin. But hide it from me a little bit. Maybe pre-cut it or something. Or don't like, just don't be in my face about like you being stingy with my stuff. I would much rather you go, look, it's five slices, three slices, you know, whatever the, the combo is on that sandwich, go the slices. Don't weigh it out in front of me. Cause I'd rather just have the guy internally count it. And maybe he <laughs> forgets where he's at. And he's like, fuck it. Six. Who cares? Let's yeah. get him six Turkey, five ham, whatever we're there. But if you're, if you're weighing it in front of me yeah. now, I'm now I'm like, let's run it up here. Now I'm trying yeah. to like distract him, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, like maybe he loses count right where he's at, you know? Um, all right. Next email duo. Um, what's the worst QB wide receiver duo of all time must have started at least two years together. Oh, giving us the rules. Coffee. Ooh, all right. All right. Dangerous, dangerous. Um, okay. So here's, here's my thought on this. Yeah. I, don't know if I really came up with, I was trying to think, well, number one, I was trying to think like any on field beefs we've seen between like a quarterback and a wide receiver. Like it became clear at the end, like it started leaking out that, um, Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown did not get along. At least like Antonio Brown did not care for Ben Roethlisberger. Yes. Uh, so, but I guess that doesn't, I started going down that rabbit hole. First of all, do you remember any of that? Do you remember like any, uh, you know, like quarterback and wide receivers like jawing at each other all the time? Yeah. Separated. Uh, Terrell Owens, we talked about him earlier. Uh, famously with, had a little issue, a little umbrage with Donovan McNabb, kind of talked about it, that Super Bowl. Uh, hangover or was he drunk on the field during that Super Bowl, but also got into it, remember, with Jeff Garcia and really kind of uh, um, kept stoking the fire about uh, Jeff Garcia's sexuality, yeah. which was is never good mix and had that famous like, that's my quarterback, you know? Yeah, well, that's why that's my quarterback was, that was with Tony Romo, right? Oh, shit, you're right. That is with, the, yeah. you're right. Good call, good call. So no, he just, he just gay bash Jeff Garcia. Uh, <laughs> yeah, clear that up. Yeah, so just to be very direct. It's like, oh yeah, that's what happened. Uh, right. Yeah, so uh, Terrell Owens obviously a piece of shit and hard to handle and just kind of like set the precedence for like diva wide receiver that only gives a shit about themselves. Uh, then my other, my other thought was just like, what was a really great wide receiver, even if they were vocal or not, that just had a really incompetent quarterback? Mm. And I thought maybe that could be that could be like something for like the worst duo of all time. Yeah. Well, I mean, you had to look at the early years of uh, Calvin Johnson, John Kitna, but oh, I went, yeah. that's great. But that's I went great. with, uh, yeah, I went with, I went with like the Joey Harrington or John Kitna, Roy Williams, like that whole stretch before Calvin Johnson got there for the Detroit yeah. lions is like the absolute, like, and like spot on bad quarterback, because we even had, I mean, this had started for two years. We lost uh, Charles Rogers to injury both those years, but Joey Harrington, Charles Rogers, and then 
John Kitna, Roy Williams, right? I know he made a Pro Bowl one year, but it was like, man, these are dark days for a quarterback wide receiver. Like, this is what we're hitching our wagon to. You know what I mean? We had yeah. Mike Mike Williams in there, and then finally we drafted. I was so down on the wide receiver uh, being drafted by Detroit because we had Rodgers, Roy Williams, Mike Williams, and then Calvin Johnson. And I was like, I don't want – I don't want Calvin Johnson. I just don't want another wide receiver just because I didn't want to go through the heartbreak all over again. And it turned out, you know, forced times charm. He's the best wide receiver that we ever had. Yeah, but still heartbreaking, right? Because if you did yeah. catch him in the draft, you'd still be sitting at exactly the same number of Super Bowl wins. <laughs> oh, Dang. man. Boom. Just didn't need to do that. Then <laughs> <laughs> that was unnecessary. I feel bad. I got to make that up for you. Later. That's right, bro. Making fun of myself or something. I'd be dumb. Uh, all right, that's the emails, guys. So you got an email for us? Shoot us a, I'm not going to say email a third time, at mapodcast.gmail.com. <laughs> uh, all right, new section. I need to jam for this section. Hear about this? Hear about, Hear this? about this? Hear about this? Yahoo headlines slash we old. Um, all right, so this is basically, I just scroll the Yahoo headlines like it's a USA Today because I like the pictures. Headlines, easy read. So <laughs> then I just hit old clickbait brandana coming at you. Some of them I read, and then that inspires me to ask a question. And I do not prep. Most awesome on this, I just hear them and I feed them, and let's just fire away. Okay, uh, hear about this three-foot stormtrooper statue stolen from in front of a Long Island store. Um, if you could have any three-foot statue from a movie character, what would you do? What would it be? Oh, three-foot movie three foot statue. statue. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go Ferris Bueller and like that, you know, with the checker print. I just, I love Ferris Bueller. Let's go with that. Give me that guy. Cool. Just hanging out in the man cave, just like in a little pod. Yeah, up. exactly. Just like, hey, you know, I could talk to the camera a bunch, you know, in the in the in the pod cave. Um, okay. but also too, it'd probably be life, like you know, real life, three foot Matthew Broderick. <laughs> just to, to scale. To scale. Oh, yeah, that's man. what it is flamethrower um all right i went with i would take frank tj mackey from magnolia like you do the like when he has the tom cruise's character he has yes. the vest on and he's kind of sitting there and he has like the braid leather bracers on he's doing kind of like superman pose for this first reveal it's kind of cool to have in the old man cave oh yeah that's right that's interesting interesting that none of us went like jessica rabbit or any of that stuff we went with like two dudes yeah two bros just two bros bro it out. yeah um, all right, hear about this, hear about this. The anniversary of the Titanic sinking is next week. Happened in 1912. What was the high schoolers' MA thoughts on the movie Titanic? Well, that came out. Do you, is that a first date for you? Like, little, like, date area. Did you go see it in the theater with oh, a lady friend? Definitely not. Well, we could, but back then I was not as slick as the podcaster you see before you, Brandana. We did the big, like, group date, like, let's all go to the movie. And then someone's like, the chick flick and we're like oh, yeah, yeah this is definitely a date for all eight of us that are here right yeah. we don't know then you know so i don't remember if i saw it in the theater i keep mixing up i can't remember it's the one with the boat oh very good thank you thank you very much uh oh that's right and uh but i can't remember that i had two leonardo dicaprio or one leonardo dicaprio moment in the movie theater and I can't, rem- I can't remember if it was Romeo and Juliet or Titanic, but I'll never forget sitting in the theater and a gaggle of young ladies behind us were watching it and just literally, literally, I shit you not, every time that Leo came on the screen, 
It was just, he's so hot. Oh my God, he's so hot. He's so literally for the entire length of, you know, fucking Titanic or yeah. Romeo and Juliet. I can't remember which one. We'll say it Romeo or Titanic for this podcast. Sure. So really killed the mood. Killed the mood. Yeah, I'm trying to think of which one he was hotter in. I mean, it's kind of a smoke show in both, but I might lean. I'm more of a beach guy. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'm, I wasn't feeling the beach. I got to rewatch that. I saw that once in the theater on a date in Topeka. Ugh, tough hang. Tough hang. I, I, I would actually, yeah, Romeo and Juliet, he's got a little bit more of that brooding thing. And Titanic, yeah. kind of like a homeless dude. He's kind of like a little riffraff. Like he's dirty off. he stinks in that <laughs> he stinks wearing uh and he did um all right <laughs> that's your thoughts on titanic uh last one lavar burton wants to be the next jeopardy host and he's Ooh. not being quiet about it with burton himself promoting a petition with over two hundred thousand signatures touting the idea um what's the most selfless sh- uh most selfless brandon get it together what's the most safe shame what is the most shameless self-promotion that you've ever done? Oh, interesting. Or at least on and mine is I always put you on the spot, so I gotta give you some. Yeah. Time. Well, we'll de- we definitely, you know, as far as our friends' text threads go, we were shoving this podcast down people's throats for a solid like 18 months there till everybody caught on. It would just be easier for them to subscribe than to fight this battle. Right. This is this, I don't think this counts, but it was like the most it's kind of like dirty i felt i guess is like when i sold cutco knives where you're basically mm. like asking your aunt for a list of like fucking phone numbers that she works with and then you're just cold calling them to come over to their house and try to sell them some knives oh that, that is one. yeah that's that's a tough one um yeah i think definitely there was we did like a like a, a senior showcase like a show right you know what i mean yeah, I don't know if you did this too, um, but I definitely like got in there. Me and my buddy Ryan, we we were not. I was not a notorious like joiner of things, but there was this girl that I had a crush on. She had a crush on me. She was writing a a, a skit in there, and me and 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 my my buddy Ryan just kind of dominated this skit and kind of took it over, um, and uh, and and didn't relinquish control, and then kind of weaseled our way into all the other sketches, just trying to make it funny. So less self-promotion but definitely like once i got in there i was like yeah i could do that let me do this you know what i mean and yeah definitely like took control that way for sure yeah that was close so lavar burton i mean this is the second podcast in a row that he comes up and if you guys just joined our podcast subscription last week at episode 162 you're just like man these guys talk about lavar burton all the time not the case we talk about sinbad all the time but lavar burton (gasps) is is lavar burton on on cameo (laughs) oh my god I know we got to look that up, and also now I want Sinbad to host Jeopardy. How oh, we need another cause. The fucking the pizza, the pizza flavor cornuts died on the on the fucking cross. I know. Sinbad, oh, Sinbad would be a fucking phenomenal host, and is yeah, like let's at least Instagram about that and see if we can get some signatures going. We're not going to get two hundred thousand, but you know, if we get a solid fifteen, at least catch their attention. They'd be like, oh my god, I overthought about this. this is a great idea. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's do the. Well, what order did I give them? Let's jump into the Neapolitan Showdown. I think I said Mad League before Neapolitan Showdown, but that would be insane. Neapolitan Showdown, bring us to the jam. So let's leave it alone. Cause we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's only you and me. 
All right, buddy. Um, this week we're doing the. Well, I hit you with an idea because I wanted to do. I, I just got to thinking and mm-hmm. chewing, and we we very we share this role very much. We kick back ideas for Neapolitan Showdown. We're pretty good being yes, 163 episodes deep of coming up of just new subjects that just really push us to the brink of almost just wanting to shake each other to get those points the Neapolitan victory. But watching you know uh, this. Baylor versus Gonzaga championship game. Gonzaga looking very hot, uh, not able, just kind of lost that in the beginning. Kind of made me think of like the best teams with one loss, and then that could kind of get kind of specific and really have to bear the down rabbit hole. So I went, I went with uh, best teams to never win the championship. Great, so we Love got it. three of these. I'm a little, I'm a little homer on my end. I'm gonna let you know that you're gonna hear a few teams that shouldn't be surprising. That probably if you weren't Brandana. These seasons did not affect you as much as they affected me. Oh yeah, I could see this coming in my future. <laughs> Doing the arm roll right there. Okay, um, I'll kick it off. Do you want me to kick off number three? Do, buddy. Do my it, number buddy. three. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go. We're gonna go back to 2005 college football. The USC Trojans. Mm. They lost 41-38 to Texas at the Rose Bowl. Vince Young led. Texas. Vince Young fucking dominated that game. This team was this Trojan team had back-to-back Heisman winners and Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart who'd come back. Lendale White, Dwayne Jarrett, who was a bust but in the NFL but was great in college. Steve Smith, wide receiver. They had great defensive players led by Pete Carroll. This was a really fucking good college football team. And they, you know, this is all talking about the, the Trojans coming back. They were the, they were Bama before Bama was right. They were dominant and fucking, they go in there. It's basically like a home game at, you know, at the, at the uh, Rose bowl. And Vince young puts on an all time show stops them. They lose Vince young catapults to glory in texas football history and this team doesn't get a chip yeah so the, it's kind of crazy i remember watching that game too um i was watching it at harper lights which is where i also watched the key national championship uh yeah. the basketball one doesn't matter great great brand and a fun fact there you go little yeah, shout out harper lights wasn't this um this is a story of just like one great college athlete that's just on such a different level like he just kind of takes it over and that's what we saw in Vince Young didn't it wasn't the final score like it was like a it's a fourth quarter drive right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah they he scores they, a touchdown with like 15 seconds left or something yeah doesn't he like run it in yeah oh like, yeah some big like monster like run plays but yeah and I and I got to see Vince Young in the Rose Bowl the year before in 2004 I had tickets and they played Michigan and he was like a fucking video game it was unreal he had like 170 some yards rushing like 250 220 passing he was unbelievable and they barely beat us they beat us on a by a field goal in that game too um but yeah this one was 41 38 and it was like unbelievable but that was the one where like reggie bush also got a little creative he had that like tried to lateral it in mid play to somebody and ended up being a fumble this was a great this is a great watch if you love college football rewatch that game it's as exciting as any Mably game that you've ever That's seen. That's the one Reggie Bush fumbled in that national championship. They lost to the yeah, – yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got to watch that. You know, uh, Vince Young's throwing me a pass, a 25-yard pass. Oh, <gasps> what? Yeah, filmed him for uh, for that Oprah show that I produced like uh, it was like eight years ago, nine years ago. Yeah, so we did uh, we did his story um, and then went and shot him in Texas, went on the Texas Long Hill, 
Horns Field and he threw a pass to me. Dude, that like it's crazy getting a pass down because it's like, you know, if I throw you a pass, you kind of see the football, it kind of moves up and then moves down and you track it. Yeah. Like this thing is like was just on a li- like literal rope. Like it just looked like, you know, the football looked 2D because it's just coming at you like flat because it doesn't. It's just right. like a straight line, like it's like shot out of a cannon. Fucking nuts! How how nervous were you to not drop that ball? Well, thousand percent because it's already like uh, you know you're there working and there's just yeah. like oh like oh, I'm a bro can you throw me a pass could be so cool to get like so you gotta like get over that hurdle you gotta act yeah, like, yeah. for footage or just like whatever just like in downtime you gotta time it right and then you know you're not gonna get a lot of opportunities so you want to catch it like you want to be like oh this is my only pass from Vince Young like I want to make sure like I catch this so part of the story isn't like oh then it just fucking went through my fingers and now yeah. for the rest of my life Vince Young thinks I don't have the hands and that I'm stone hand right 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 I did catch it yeah but it yeah it was totally like it just felt like this is like your one shot like I obviously did not play football in college so this was kind of my one shining moment and it was oh like, man catch it and be a legend be a legend who, who initiated the throw were you like hey man throw it to me or yeah it was actually chad who's been on the podcast before oh yeah um, he's always good at that stuff like phrasing it like it just like you need it for like b-roll or something like he just i however he worked his magic so he got thrown a pass and then we basically all lined up and got like one shot at it oh i love it i fucking yeah. love it <laughs> Sweet. um I remember that, that was a good one. My number three spot is I went the 2002-2003 Kansas Jayhawks hmm. that lost to the Syracuse Orange, led by a Carmelo Anthony 81-78 championship game. Um, that team was just like this was back when you saw it's what I miss about college football or college basketball is you saw, you know, like it was still people weren't going to the pros and so right. you know, it was uh i think it was kirk heinrich's senior year right uh, nick, nick Allison, yep uh aaron miles keith langford i mean great great role players on there uh, aaron miles fantastic jeff graves who you're probably not really gonna remember and then of course like michael lee who gets that that three block blocked by, by keem warwick yeah just stretched out that, that ball was still going down you remember watching that game bro yeah oh yeah absolutely i remember that i I think 2002 to 2003, not there yet in California with the KU boys and you. Oh, you're a KU boy too. Don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. Scratch that, reverse it. Uh, but yeah, that was a that was a huge thing. That was like Carmelo Anthony had come out and just you know put his imprint on college basketball. Um, and and you know you hadn't seen a run quite like that. You had a lot of heralded freshmen coming freshmen coming in. Um, but he was the one to kind of really for, for the one and done era, did it the best. Yeah. Yeah. He got it, got in there, got his chip, moved on, moved on, uh, got out. All right, buddy. What's your number two? My number two, we're going to go to college basketball. One of my all time favorite teams. It kind of gets lost in the shuffle when you think about great teams, because they had, they just had a blip in, in the radar and then, you know, not they don't have any history before or after this. I'm talking the 1991 UNLV Running Rebels. Oh, this team was there. fucking unbelievable. Um, the, you know, talking about guys not leaving, they returned all their starters or most of their starters: Anderson uh, Hunt, Greg Anthony, uh, Stacy Augman, and Grandma Larry Johnson from their title team, where they won. But this was an even better team. They were dominant. Everyone was back, and they were on a 45 game win streak went 34 and 0 in the regular season 
met up against Duke in the final four. Duke, who they slaughtered in the, in the title game the year before by 30 points, loses 79-77 in an unbelievable game. It was just like, and, and it's it's really interesting. You hear Grant Hill talk about it because uh, Grant Hill, along with Christian Leitner and Bobby Hurley on that Duke team, like no one, you forget, no one thought, because this isn't like Duke, like, oh, Duke perennial, like final four. This is Duke. You know, they got slaughtered in the final four. This is their second time at it. Um, they've got good players, but man, are, are they capable of, of beating this juggernaut team? And they hung with them. And and Coach K was like, we just wanted to be close. We just wanted to be close with like the last five minutes because the closest win that they, or the closest game that they had, you know, had all season was like a 12 or 14 point differential. So coach K was banking on the fact that they might not know how to play when the pressure is on because they've just been dominant. Um, that UNLV team led by Jerry Tarkanian, the head coach, unbelievable. I love Larry Johnson as a player. Like I love them going to Charlotte. I love Stacey Augman. I thought he was great. I loved his defense and obviously Anderson hunt didn't make it to league, but I thought he was amazing. Um, they have three lottery picks hunt or excuse me, Greg Anthony, Stacey Augman and Larry Johnson coming out that year. Uh, just didn't get it done. 34 and one in the final four. Wow. Good team. Um, here's my question. If I'm going to have to dock some points here, did they get hit with recruiting violations for that team? I believe so. I believe Tar- Tarkanian did. I don't know if it was for that team. They may have come from one of those teams. Jerry Tarkanian usually <laughs> says, so did USC. So I'm over two in that realm. That's yeah. true. That's true. Oh my God. We're going to have to disqualify. We haven't had a disqualify a knee around yet. We were like, I gave you a thousand points, but tomorrow's episode, I'm taking away 999. You <laughs> yeah. remove your banner from my exactly. map here. Um, all right. My two spot is going to go with the 2009 Minnesota Vikings. Back before we were talking about 43-year-old Tom Brady lead a football team. We had a 41-year-old Brett Favre. And this is a weird thing about Brett Favre. He looked like he was out of it with the Jets. Yes. Then he comes to the Vikings, puts together one last run. That team was – obviously, I'm a Vikings fan. That team was absolutely so fun to watch. You had that – what's it against the 49ers or something? Like that back of the end zone throw where he cuts across and, like, he catches it. I think – what year did you get married? I think – I think this is the year your bachelor party too, because I remember watching one of these games in Vegas. I don't know if that's right. But we had yeah, your- no, no, I did get married in two thousand nine. What? Did we, uh, yeah, I think so. I've been on my eleven year anniversary. Yeah, put yeah. me on the spot, B. Ties <laughs> us together. You in trouble, though. Don't worry. About <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that team was so fun. And then um, the NFC Championship. I mean, Brett Favre just on brand. Uh, just keeping a play alive just longer than it needs to and just makes this a throw that's so just bonehead and forced and not close throws an INT which ends up going to overtime and then they lose to the Saints who go on and uh, beat the Colts in the Super Bowl very beatable Colts team that would have given yeah their first this is the bounty this is the bounty gate too right yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. A very dirty game that lives on an infamy infamy that knocked the Vikings out but uh, that was a really good team very fun to watch and Sure. I'm surprised you didn't go with another Vikings team on this list. Uh, maybe it shows up at number one. I'm not sure. I don't think you go back to back Vikings. No, that's a good. Put. I mean, we're 90, like 90, 99, 99, yeah. yeah, 15 and one. The miss, yeah, Cole the Pepper. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That was an exciting one. But I mean, this one, I, this one was, yeah, I just felt 
it felt close. I feel like we had it. Yeah, yeah. that one because that one you don't think you made the ninety nine. You lost in the first round, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, my number one. Most people aren't going to guess this. They're probably going to go oh, fan five. No, I'm not going fan five. Oh, I, I got, I got to guess. I, I wanted to challenge this because you've been, you've been dominating me, even though we're going to disqualify you tomorrow for yeah, sure. For sure. Um, so I want to go ahead and go for the the map block. To me. And it's my number one, so I don't want to step on it. But is it not the 2007 New England Patriots? It's not. No, it's not. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Team, yeah. Did you pick your list? Is that on your console? It's a it's a console because because everyone talks about it. So that's why I was like, I want to I want to oh, everyone everyone knew this one. Yeah, yeah, I want to be different. Okay. Well, let me let me wrap up my number yes, one. Yes, please do. We'll give you four since I've obviously lost this round because I challenged it. Um, this makes me feel like, you know how you can't travel faster than the speed of light. Like you can get close to it. You can get as close as you can to it, but the closer you get like the further and you just can't travel faster than it. There's something about an NFL team going undefeated that it's just beyond the grasp of possible. Mm. And this kept us alive. And it's just like, it's magical. And that team was so fun to watch on that stretch. Like like Randy, Randy Moss and Tom Brady, you want to talk about like legit video game numbers. I mean, and like all we were catching momentum on all that stuff of just like, you know, it started to slowly happen, but like just hard for D-backs to cover receivers. Nobody could keep up with Randy Moss. And it was just like just air raid, just dropping bombs. Very fun to yeah. watch. And the great junior sale came over too. So it's like they had it on both sides. You know what I mean? It was like as good as an NFL team is. And I think, you know, you're talking about modern era, right? Because obviously like the, what is it? The 70, drink everybody, I'm going to blow it. 74 Dolphins, 72 yeah. Dolphins, 72 Dolphins. Yeah. You know, they went undefeated, but that's like, you know, yeah it wasn't, it wasn't a 16 game schedule wasn't yes. today's game so it is like this kind of like a mythical unicorn like you often have to wonder yourself it's like do you even want that pressure coming into it mm-hmm. are we going to see an undefeated team again but do you even want it coming into the super bowl well yeah it, pressure it, as it is yeah so free agency and it ain't going to get it any easier also like adding this 18th game which i guess we're doing even though was it real quiet that we're doing 18 games now yeah yeah yeah. i'm don't get me started on that okay i'm uh, so annoyed by that yeah yeah we should talk about it i don't want to get you started but remind me to get you started to get me fired up on it yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) um my number one and great and and truthfully it is the number one because that is that's a great call but i I did i wanted to be cute because i didn't want to just ever forecast me like oh but let's talk about let's talk about it the 1995 96 detroit red wings okay like an unbelievable team yeah this is a great team hockey town this team was fucking so good there's only been two teams ever because you get points when you when you win in hockey you get point totals right because it's you get a you get a half like a point if you're tied two if you win all this other stuff so you get points right so it's kind of a it's a fun wrinkle to not just a regular season because you got ties and all this shit they went 62 13 and seven ties the Detroit Red Rings. They're one of two teams ever to have 130 points in the regular season. The other was the 76-77 Montreal Canadiens. They had 130 points. We had 131 points. We had Hall of Famers galore, Sergei Fedorov, C.V. Eiserman, Lindstrom, Paul, uh, Nick Lindstrom, Paul Coffey. This is a fucking dominant team. Chris Osgood, Mike Vernon were the goaltenders. This was a really great team, and we lost in six games to the fucking dirt shithole motherfuckers of the Colorado Avalanche. Fuck you, Claude Lemieux. I'm 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 talking to you, Claude. Oh, calling him out. Uh, you're right. I can't. 
I can't get too fired up. I mean, I went homer on this stuff too. And I did, I can't, <laughs> I can't kick you while you're down when I said right. that Calvin Johnson thing and then go back to back and then give me a victory when you go Red Wings because you're trying to keep it cute though. But we are going to give you the victory because I owe you one, buddy. Oh, thanks, buddy. Well, it's going to be redacted anyway. So I'll take it while I can get it. Bask in the glory, the glitter falls. But then next <laughs> year, I have to have a press conference where I'm like, I'm sorry. Sorry. I did not mean to violate the sanctity of Neapolitan Showdown. Here is your glitter back. Here's that. You can't, you can take the banner away, but you can't take away the memories. <laughs> Glitter's staying with me. All right, buddy. Um, Mab League, season two. in the living room Your pipe and slippers set out for you I know you think that it ain't too far But I I hear a call of a lifetime ring Felt the need to get up for it Oh, you cut out the middle man Get free from the middle man You got no time for the messenger Got no regard for the thing that you don't happened this weekend buddy weekend. big big we had the eastern western conference games uh raptors versus heat and pelicans versus rockets we had some interesting games this weekend rock we did yeah so the big thing was um so both home teams won they both kind of look good we had the pelicans taking care of business in game one versus the rockets uh both teams played played pretty well like the rockets still it's what we saw in their regular season game even though the rockets were playing a different style of basketball it's just both of them just like trying to score quickly and it was i, I would say that that game was very close to what we saw the regular season so that was the game one on that side game one uh for the heat and uh, the raptors at the heat we saw there was this i it, it was good and the raptors did what they needed to do which was contain the heats like fast break points and specifically Dwayne wade on just like him taking off and then just kind of really running around which they did there was there was a, a close time in that in that fourth quarter where it kind of like an eight oh run right kind of yeah eight oh one right at the like with like um, under a minute where they slipped ahead for the lead it was danger time for the Heat. Yeah, yeah, it was looking scary, but uh, the, the Heat hold off to win that. Then the weird thing of the weekend, really, before we get into game two uh, of the Rockets-Pelicans, uh, is the game two, uh, so the Heats go to the Raptors. Uh, the Heat's still favored. We see the same thing. The, the Raptors shutting down kind of what the Heat like to do best, but the Raptors just running away with it. Like, I mean, yeah. like, Jack dominating and just, like, Curry looking hot, and it was just it, – it was really the tale of two games, which is – you know, if I'm if I'm a Heat fan, I'm scared of because I mean that was like that was a, like a legit embarrassing performance. Like, it, how many points was it? It was it was it was at thirty at one or thirty eight. Yeah, was at one point. That was as, as bad as it got. It finished only as a, like a twenty point loss. I think it was like one fourteen ninety four because uh, you know fourth quarter junk time. Yeah. Um, you know, but this is it. the The Raptors were had their backs against the wall. Great home court advantage. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, 
the uh, Heat 0 for 11 from three-point land, and their offense is geared toward shooting threes or at least getting open threes. They missed every one of them. And then, like you said, couldn't we, we talked about at the beginning of the game. It's going to be the battle of three-pointers versus fast break. Uh, well, actually, the Raptors dominated in both areas, both on fast break points and three-pointers. Yes, yeah, so it'll be so, interesting. Like, uh, do you make um, – obviously, you guys just tuning in um, – Send us an email, mabsportspodcast at gmail.com, and we'll break down how Mountain View works. You should know by now. It's a really weird spot for you to jump in. We're glad to have you, but if you're just jumping in now, episode yeah. 163. They're like, I came here for this LeVar Burton content. <laughs> this hot LeVar Burton. Uh, so with a loss like that, uh, are you making any adjustments? Like, what's the game plan? Or are you just, like, tacking that up to, like, complete fluke? And then, you know, is it one of those things where you kind of realize it's not your night, maybe, like, mid-third quarter, so you take your foot off the gas a little bit? Yeah, I think that there was there was some of that. I mean, you know, I was glad to see that we got a little bit of momentum back in the fourth quarter, uh, even though we're kind of going against some jobbers. So it's like, yeah, it's, you know, what, you know, the starters are our starters. They played well. Everyone kind of had a down game, you know, LeBron went two for 14. I don't anticipate that happening again. You can't control for that. Um, Jason Kidd had some poor turnovers, just didn't play great. So, you know, you kind of look at your bench, right? That's where I think I can make the most impact on it. Who am I bringing in? Dave Counts has been pretty consistent. Rick Barry been pretty consistent. had four steals. David Thompson, not great. So do I give David Thompson's minutes to Luka Doncic? right? To add in that big kind of guard role, right? Backcourt also get a little bit more passing and a little bit of shooting. Luka Doncic can shoot the three as a modern player. Uh, he didn't, he didn't shoot well all regular season, but he's going to give us a little bit of spacing, a little shooting off the bench. Do I give him David Thompson's minutes because athletically he's, he's great in this Mab league, but he hasn't been playing well in this series. So I think that that's going to be the big switch for me is he's really, just slugging in Doncic for David Thompson uh, and maybe seeing if I can get a little both on the court, but definitely giving Doncic bigger minutes and a bigger role. Um, And, you know, and just hope that LeBron doesn't have two shit games or three shit games. Cause even though game one, he didn't start off great, um, you know, not giving him, you know, uh, uh, you know, a two for 14 shooting performance again. I hope that's not going to happen. And then hope that D Wade stays hot and Moses comes back to life for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's also balanced too. Like you don't want to blow the whole thing up. That's been working for you like all yeah. season long. So you just, hopefully you don't want to like over adjust and that kind of thing. Uh, what'd you see? So uh, then our other game two, uh, game threes will be coming up sometime this week. We'll drop it on the thread and on our Instagram when to tune in. Um, so watching that Pelicans, uh, Pelicans at the Rockets that we just wrapped up, uh, a hell of a game. I mean, unbelievable. Um, like a bunch of lead changes, uh, a bunch of ties, uh, and then just finishes with. You guys can tune in and watch this game. I, I would at least recommend like tuning in and watching just like the last three minutes of like the uh, regulation because it's it's a lot of fun, a lot of exciting. But they do they they hit a three at the buzzer to send it. The Rockets do to send it into overtime and just hanging in. And there were a couple times, you know, I don't think it ever got to double digits but you know that second half like rockets down by six to eight like for most of it and then not for most of it like a third quarter but then we had those lead changes and then in fourth it was just like really really tight what did you see there did you see a rockets team that's stepping up to the occasion or did you see a pelicans team that um 
maybe when they're not playing their best basketball, they're a lot more kind of exposed and can go down a little easier than we thought. Yeah, I think a little bit on the latter, right? I mean, I think they got away. They, they, you know, Kobe could just get to the rim whenever he wanted. And in a closeout game like that, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, just keep going. And even when, because I kept talking about it in the broadcast, like you got to bring Wilt over to like defend the rim, protect the rim, or, or at least, you know, it, it's your better option versus Tim Duncan because Tim Duncan's defending Kevin Durant and you don't want to leave open wide open three. So swing over Wilt Chamberlain, defend the rim. And even when they did that, Kobe was still able to find a couple deft passes and get it in to Akeem Elijah, which is a great dump off, right? It's the best possible scenario that you could have. So I, th- I felt like that they kind of got away from that a little bit. Um, but to the Rockets credit, what they did was, yes, they play seven seconds or less, but when that ball goes up, um, having Tim Duncan and Wilt Chamberlain crash the boards was huge for them yeah. and created the, you know, they had 117 shots. They didn't shoot the ball as well as the Pelicans did, but they had a lot of more, they had a lot more bites at the apple. Right. And so that was huge for them to stick with it. And, and the three that you mentioned came off of a missed shot, offensive rebound, one pass inside, one pass outside to a wide open Elgin Baylor with no time left on the, on the clock as it went in. Um, and then they just rode that momentum wave you know, to, to win in overtime. So that was, that was a fantastic, a fantastic game from like a spectator standpoint. That's about as fun as it gets for Mab Lake, even though you were on the wrong side of that, we were both on the wrong side of losses. (laughs) And I think you even asked this in our broadcast that shan't be ever heard that you were like, well, would you rather lose, lose like that in overtime or on a slice or get the doors blown off of you by, by 30. Mm Mm-hmm. And it, that one, it's like, I, I, I almost feel like getting the doors blown off me by 30, I'll sit there and go, well, we didn't have a chance in the game. It just wasn't our night. We'll rebound. And, and maybe it's false confidence. Maybe it's a little bit of hubris that, you know, will propel me into week three. They'll leave me disappointed in the, in the game three. But um, I, I would much rather like much not rather. I wouldn't rather the win be snatched from me. Like, like it was. That's what's hard too. Cause it's it just think about it out loud. Like, the reason I here's why they both suck. Getting the doors blown off by 30 just shows how vulnerable you are. And then you're yeah. just like, okay, well, this team can be better than us one night, which is scary. Uh, yeah. Then the close, but then you can kind of like the players rest, get in mind, get in the correct mindset. The thing about losing a close one, you know, is like that's that's exhausting. And like you fought yeah. so hard, and I think that sticks with you a little bit. Like even you know if if it comes down to being another close game for game three between these Pelicans and Rockets, like they're going to remember how they were up by a little bit, but they just didn't have the extra energy to finish it out. And hopefully that doesn't get in their head and start missing free throws or start, you know, letting Tony Parker shoot shots, both mistakes, both mistakes. (laughs) Uh, All right, guys. So we have game three coming up. Um, You'll probably see it posted on Instagram by the time you hear this. Um, And then season three, um, already tweak on some new stuff for that. That'll be fun. On this season two and watch these finals that should be coming up. Um, all right, Brandon the Gambling Corner. Jam, 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 jam. All right, 
Bennett Game in the Corner MVP odds. Let me give you the updated what we got here. Oh, okay. Yes, please do. Uh, Joe Kick, uh, minus 160. Embiid, plus 550. Uh, Giannis, plus 1,000. LeBron James, plus 1,000. James Harden, plus 1,000. Damian Lillard, plus 1,400. Luka Doncic, plus 1,600. And then it starts getting nuts with Kawhi Leonard, plus 8,000. Steph Curry, plus 10,000. Donovan Mitchell, plus 10,000. Uh, okay, so just kind of separate, uh, focusing on probably these first five guys because I don't think – well, there's two things about the um, NBA MVP. They say it's a traveling right. trophy, right? Like if yeah. you didn't get it, then – so there's a lot of times just like, oh, Michael Jordan, you know, LeBron James had a stretch where he should have been like MVP, you know, like seven years in a row or whatever. So it's not always just like who the best player was. But um, Joker, you know, this is this is negative money to win 100 bucks. So you're betting 160 to win 100, which means this is – a, a pretty solid outright favorite, especially considered the number two is Embiid at plus 550. Mm-hmm. Joker going to win this MVP? And if so, why? It's an interesting one because, you know, when you look at it, it's like, oh, well, the, the Denver Nuggets are, are four seed. Yeah, but they're, they're 34 and 18, which is, you know, on par of a record of Philadelphia or Brooklyn. You know, they're just behind the Clippers and, you know, the Suns who've been surging, your Phoenix Suns and, and the Utah Jazz. So you look at Jokic's stats, averaging roughly 26, almost 27 points a game, 11 boards, and eight assists. Um, he'd be only the second player in the history of the NBA to average a 26, 11 boards, and eight assists um, for the regular season. Um, the biggest thing is, is that how – impactful i think the biggest stat it was kind of an advanced metric metric a little nerd stat for you is how impactful Jokic is on the on the court for the the um the 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 nuggets sorry in comparison to when he's not on the court for them yeah so when he's not on the court so you kind of measure this as a the points per 100 possessions right the the nuggets average about 102.9 uh, points per every 100 possessions when he's not on the court when he's on the court he they average 120.6 so basically a 17 and a half point differential to put that in context when Steph Curry another team that never won the chip that should have in that 73 and 19 when they broke the NBA record for wins yeah, my consolation, yeah. yeah console bracket shout out Steph Curry to your mouth guard piece uh <laughs> To put it in context, Steph Curry that year, he won uh, the MVP that year, dominant, unbelievable. His differential on off the court uh, points per 100 possessions was only 15 and a half. So it just goes to show you how dominant and, and how the entirety of the offense and that team moves through Jokic. Would this Denver Nuggets team not be anywhere close to who they are with Jamal Murray and some of their Michael Porter, some of their good players? but how dominant and how efficient Jokic has been through it. And really he's actually, you probably not a lot of teams get to watch him in Denver or player or people get to watch him, but he's really actually really fun to watch. He's super skilled, versatile, can shoot the threes, a big man. He can go in there, get points at the rim, uh, defend well enough. Um, but you know, none of these guys were talking on the list here, you know, Giannis or Embiid are locked down or not Giannis, Jokic or Embiid are locked down defenders. Yeah. Uh, that's a great point because I mean, there's always an angle to debate like MVP and what that is. Is it the best player in the league? 
of course that's part of the conversation but there's always like there's always a twinge of something else to it and like really looking at mvp like i i've always loved that angle too i'm not saying like that's i'm entirely setting up shop in that camp but i did like the like the angle of just like all right who's the player that's the most valuable player to their team like the lakers can still string together some wins because they got anthony davis there you know mm-hmm. like they're still like without lebron james like it's not i mean we're seeing it and it's not as good but it's still you know it's not the same value of these nuggets losing the joker yeah yeah and that's that's the case for if you're gonna make the case for Embiid. You know, how valuable is he? Even though he went down, he's missed some time. Um, you know, he's been playing really well when he came back, plus 550. You know, he's he's pretty good because they they middled along when he was out for a couple weeks. But now that he's back, it's like they're they're definitely like a much better team. I don't think his impact, you know, because they've got better players. Tobias Harris is averaging 20 points. You've got um, Ben Simmons, your favorite basketball player of all time. Um <laughs> You know, you've got love them, love them, love that three ball shot. Just stroke it, Ben. <laughs> um, but you know, it's one of those things. It's like he is when he's there and he plays. And this is our biggest thing. We've we've talked about this ad nauseum with Embiid. It's like when he's there and like full of energy and and kind of got his wind. He is as dominant of a player as there is. Yeah, he's bringing back the center position. Yeah, like, and like he's run that. And, and versatile and can do things that no other center in the league can do. Um, all the things that we talk about with Jokic, he can do, but adds like elements of like athleticism and can dunk on people. I mean, it's really impressive to watch, but it's just like, how much do we get to watch? Right. Do we get a, do we give an NBA MVP for a guy that, you know, only is going to play like two thirds of the season, mm-hmm. right. For injury or otherwise, or gets gassed out towards the end of game. So those are the big knocks on Embiid and he'll never shake it until he actually shakes it. Um, and then you've got Giannis at plus a thousand. I think maybe people are a little over Giannis. The bucks are kind of quiet. LeBron. I, know, I, just, I was just thinking that. I mean, like, I just feel like people have like bucks fatigue. They're yeah. Just like, yeah. It was cute. Like the last couple of years and, the only thing like they won't get over that hump of being able to get a chip yeah that's the only thing that we care about now with Giannis. we know we know how good Giannis is we know how dominant is he is he was unbelievable in the all-star game uh we want to see it in the playoffs get take your team to the to the finals get to the finals that's what we want to see Giannis. lebron lebron again same thing that fatigue question plus he's also got injured high ankle sprain um and then here's another guy at plus 1400 are you curious I I mean, it might be worth a flyer if you got a little, if you're flush with cash and you're playing with house money, like throw a little Dame on there. Uh, He's carrying this team. You want to talk about the impact of a player on a team. I mean, I get it. I get it. They're in the sixth spot, 31 and 21 right now as we record this, but man, he is their entirety of their team. He is unbelievable to watch. He's really carrying it. I know there might be a little, He's got a little chip on his shoulder from, you know, getting slighted at being an all-star starter. So maybe that's not going to help his cause for an MVP. But if he goes on a tear here in the last couple of weeks of the season, might be something to monitor those odds and which direction it's going. Um, but I, I would say if you're, you're going to gamble, you know, who are you gambling on if you're gambling on this spot? Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I like your Damian Lillard. Has I'd be wondering, curious if someone's won the MVP but hasn't been like an all-star starter. I mean, did Jokic start? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just the value is not there for a award like this, like paid 160 to 100. So I'm out on that. MB, we both know how we feel about Philadelphia. Um, Giannis, we talked about Bucks fatigue, LeBron James, high ankle sprain, Harden, 
doesn't feel like enough. Harden also, it feels like uh, other people's points, not mine, but it made sense, like avoiding him just the way he handled on how getting out of Houston seems yes. like two thumbs down. So I think that's a slight against him. So you got me. I'm, in, I'm interested in Lillard. Let's go. Team Lillard. What's up? Team Lillard. Team Lillard. Yeah. And it's just, it's worth the squeeze, right? It's, I'd, 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 I'd take those odds. Like yeah. I said, if you got house money, play with it, right? And I'd spend it on that because. By house money, you don't mean a house payment money, right? Oh, no, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, money okay. that you've won from previous brain Dana gambling tips. Yeah, house money isn't rent, guys. That's not what we're saying. That's not what house money is. Yes. Yeah. Right. Money for right. my house. Mm, that's the do not gamble with that. Um, all right, guys. MAB Sports Podcast, episode 163. Thanks for hanging. Definitely uh, check out our Instagram to get those Twitch links. Mad League Season 2 coming down on the wire. Championship coming up. Uh, Obviously, you guys know our email, mvpsportspodcast at gmail.com. There it is, like five times this episode. I'll try to relax. MVP of the week. Um, but I just went with uh, DMX, passed away. Um, oh, yeah. There. Uh, sad stuff. Just hate to see it, like a uh, substance addiction and just didn't end up getting out of it. Dies at a young age of 50. But Yeah, yeah tough. Love, love DMX. Um, yeah, sad to see him go. It's unfortunate. Lived a, a, a tough life all the way around, even though he ascended to, you know, one of the, the, the apexes of, you know, musical careers. Uh, but yeah, really sad. Sorry to see him go. It's unfortunate, but you know, Hey, we got, we got some fun songs out of it to, to listen to, to remember him by. Who's your VP bro. DMX. I'm going DMX too. Oh, nice. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah, figured yeah. I better get mine out first. Cause whenever I do that and you're just like, Oh, my MVP is like ice cream sandwiches. Like it's always like kind of a, a weird vibe to avoiding that all right guys f163 you know where to catch us you want to hear more of our voice look for that twitch link i am brandon i want you to sign yourself off most awesome people be careful if you're playing with that house money because you might end up in a pod apartment Runway, style, fame, she likes fashion.